0: Greetings to the brightest audience in the country. Welcome to Bob Enyart Live. I'm your host, Dominic Enyart. Today we are going back to 2015 and we are airing a show that uh, my father, Bob Enyart, did right after the Paris attacks, if you remember those. Also in this show, it was really cool. He mentioned That there was a baby saved at the mill and Joe Scott was there at the hospital when that baby was born and it's fun to think that was back in 2015 now it's six years later that kid is six years old today and that is so such a cool thing that the work of the pro-lifers there at the mill it really has real-world impacts lives today that would have otherwise been murdered praise the Lord now let's jump right into the broadcast you need a man on a mission God Well, not to worry, is Bob, Bob, Bob in your life Greetings to the brightest audience in the country. Welcome to Bob in your Live. I'm the pastor of Denver Bible Church, and I would like to compare the members of Denver Bible Church to various Muslims, millions of Muslims around the world from just this past weekend. At Denver Bible Church, we have just been celebrating the birth of a child who had been scheduled to be killed at Planned Parenthood here in Denver. This one specific child, one of their abortionists, was going to do a suction aspiration abortion and rip apart, kill this little unborn child thanks to our church members being there at Planned Parenthood, outside and intervening, calling out to the moms who are going in there. This mom changed her mind. Now, our church members and there are other pro-lifers, a handful, a small handful, who are there every time the abortion mill is open to kill children. Well, thanks to those faithful Christians who were there and our church members, who pleaded with the mom and intervened and begged for the life of her child. That mom changed her mind. And our very own Joe Scott was at the hospital when this little baby was born so that this was part of our joyful thoughts this past weekend. Compare that to the celebration, not of all, by any means, but of millions, millions upon millions of Islamists around the world celebrating that eight Muslims in Paris slaughtered about 130 people and injured hundreds of others. So compare those two causes of celebration. We're celebrating that we were able to intervene and save the life of a child who was about to be slaughtered, dismembered, by an abortionist and you have millions of Muslims now I realize that the mainstream media is not able to report on surveys of what percentage of Muslims support the terrorist actions of ISIS and Al Qaeda I realize the mainstream media can't do that but when you look at the international surveys of how many Muslims support This terrorism, the jihad, you then realize, you extrapolate, and you realize that we're talking about tens of millions of Muslims in support of terrorism out of 1.4 billion Muslims approximately. At least people who superficially and then all the way through those who are strongly committed to Islam. So we could compare those two causes of celebration, just as we can can compare Jesus and Muhammad, right? Muhammad, who, according to this widespread interpretation of the Quran in Islam, Muhammad asks you to send your sons to kill innocent men, women, and children in his name, and in Allah's name actually, whereas God the Father sent his son to die to pay for the sins of those who would ask God to forgive them. Actually, to pay for the sins of the world. So you could compare the cause of celebration of one small Christian church and that of millions of Muslims around the world just this past weekend. And you could compare the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did for us, laying down his life for us, versus what Muslims are being told that Muhammad asks of them, like the mother of the Boston Marathon bombers, that their children would lay down their lives to kill innocent men, women, and children. So that's a comparison that we could make. And we could also compare the terrorist attacks in Paris this weekend, Friday night, to Democratic concerns about the greatest threat facing the world today, right? In the Democratic debate, Saturday night. This is within 24 hours of the attack. Now, when reality hits, people tend to respond to reality when reality hits hard. For example, here in America, after... 9-11 the attack on america millions of people went to church that sunday morning who had not been in church the week before but then quickly people tend to forget and go back to their worldly lives their 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 viewpoint of what's important that tends to leave out god now sadly in france today it seems that their culture is so far gone that they won't even have that initial reaction of turning to the Lord. They seem to be too far gone for that. The only thing they have to turn to is their French culture. That's, that's about it. That's the bottom line for them. Whereas you look at the Democrats here in this country, like in the presidential debate, for the Democratic nomination, Saturday night, 24 hours after the attacks. And you heard things like this, that uh, terrorism is a result of climate change because global warming, because of global warming, people are believing al-Qaeda and ISIS. That's what you hear at the Democratic debate. And then the next, what was it, the very next day, Sunday morning on Face the Nation on CBS, you have the, the opportunity to dial that back and to say, you know, that was a, a bit of an exaggeration. But no, the Democrats will dig in. That global warming is the cause of terrorism. Now, there are two interesting uh, observations regarding that comparison of the attacks versus the analysis of and you could extrapolate to millions of Democrats and liberals around the world would make that argument that this is a result of climate change, which is delusional, of course, we know that. But it's interesting to note, and you probably have, that as the Islamic terrorist attacks were breaking out across Paris, where was Al Gore? Where was Al Gore? Well, Al Gore was in the Eiffel Tower. Al Gore was in the Eiffel Tower doing a 24-hour telethon to fight global warming. That's what Al Gore was doing. It's like the Gore effect. Whenever there's a, a conference on global warming, it tends to get canceled due to blizzard. It happens all the time. Uh, global warming believers... Went down to Antarctica in a research ship, and they went there to to document all the melting of the ice. And it's a crisis because Antarctica is losing ice, so they go down there to document it, and their ship gets stuck in the ice, stuck in a way that it was, you know, somewhat harrowing, like a life and death situation for dozens of global warming liberals. They go down to document that the ice is all melting and they get stuck in the ice because they're true believers. They assume that it all be melted. And so you have Al Gore having to cancel his 24-hour Eiffel Tower climate telethon in which, and you can't make this stuff up, that they're saying that, that global warming is the greatest threat to mankind today, global warming, when it hasn't been warming in 15 years. And so, and so then you have NASA. NASA. Now, NASA promotes global warming because of their budget, right? You promote whatever is politically correct if you want those in charge to give you a lot of money, millions of dollars. So if NASA were to come out and say, you know, the evidence is against global warming, then that could hit them in the bottom line. But they have a hard time just misrepresenting the data. So the latest study, the latest study out of NASA, here, NASA study, mass gains of Antarctic ice sheet, mass gains, and this is, Their latest assessment of sophisticated satellite data, the best data that we have to measure changes in ice in Antarctica, as reported on their own website, here's what they said. The rate of change of ice in Antarctica. Now, it's it's supposed to be losing ice catastrophically. Right. That's the claim. Between 2003 and 2008, and apparently that's the latest year so far for which this study has analyzed this satellite data, massive reams of data, the rate of change of ice in Antarctica between 2003 and 2008 was that it was gaining ice at a rate of 82 billion tons a year. 82 billion tons a year. 82 billion tons a year increase. That's not losing ice. That's gaining a little bit of ice. 82 billion tons a year. And here you have the Democrats saying, the reason we have terrorism is because Antarctica is losing ice. Because they're delusional. And you have Al Gore in the Eiffel Tower Saying the greatest threat to the world is global warming, and they had to shut down. Why? Because it got hot all of a sudden. Their transmitter overheated. Is that why they had to shut down? No, they shut down because the city was under attack from Islamic terrorists. So, according to NASA.gov, the study's right on their website, NASA.gov. The rate of change of ice in Antarctica between 2003 and 2008 was that it was gaining 82 billion tons a year of ice. Not 82 tons. I mean, if it was 82 tons, that would prove it's not losing ice, right? It's gaining. If it was 82 tons. Not 82,000 tons of ice. That just proves it was gaining quite a bit of ice. 82,000 tons a year. I mean, not much considering... The size of Antarctica, but hey, 82,000 tons is a lot if it were to fall on your head. Not 82 million tons of ice per year gaining. Now, that would be a lot by any measurement. 82 million tons of ice is a lot. And by, way, by the way, they're metric tons. If you want to turn it into US tons, 2,000 pounds, each, you need 1.1 tons. Uh, 2,200 pounds of our tons to, to meet this. So we're talking about a lot more than, eight, so it's not 82 million tons a year. It was 82 billion tons per year. 82 billion tons per year. It's a lot of ice. From 2003 to 2008, that was the annual rate of change, the increase. But the study went back further went back to 1992, and it said from 1992 to 2001, where they had good data and analyzed, the ice sheet in Antarctica gained, didn't lose, gained, and those are during the years where the Earth was supposedly really, you know, overheating, gained ice at a rate of 112 billion tons of ice per year billion with a b not 82 billion but 112 billion tons of ice per year that was the rate before that so nasa ever concerned about their budget was scared to death and they even said you know the the anti-global warming the the science deniers are going to say that this shows that there's no global warming but no, we believe in global warming. They made that clear. We believe in global warming. It's just that Antarctica is gaining hundreds of billions of tons of ice over the last couple decades. Hundreds of billions of tons. Just like in the North Pole, it was supposed to be all melted by now, and the ice the amount of ice has been increasing by the tens of thousands of square kilometers, millions square kilometers over the past few years, as we've reported. And generally, we summarize this information at kgov.com globalwarming global warming. But so what NASA did, they said this. And so one of our sons who attends uh, Red Rocks Community College, he's a homeschooler, but he has dual enrollment. He had to do a report on global warming. So he reported on this paper from NASA, this incredible study. And he said, now NASA says that it's because of the ice is increasing, but that's just proof of global warming. Of course, they'd say that, right? The colder it gets, that's the proof of global warming. And after all, it's the global warming that causes terrorism. So we have to all pay heed and give Al Gore another hundred million dollars. But they said, well, here's why the ice on Antarctica is increasing, because global warming is causing more rain worldwide. Precipitation has increased because the earth is warmer, and that leads to more evaporation in the oceans, and therefore that leads to greater rainfall, precipitation, hail, snow falling on Antarctica. And that's why the ice is increasing, even though it's getting warmer. That's a pretty good argument, isn't it? That's a pretty good argument. So what my son did was, for his report on global warming, he researched and found the best uh, data he could find. I think it was from NOAA, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, or NASA, I forget which. He found... Uh, a report of global precipitation for the last, like, two and a half decades. Really, the last 40 years or 50 years. And they reported on it, and they had a chart, a graph. And it was basically consistent for the last 40 years, the amount of global precipitation. So if it were true that all this added ice is because of global warming and there's more precipitation then you'd expect to see that precipitation would have increased significantly and it was basically flat through the entire length of that study. So we have what? We have delusional politicians like Barack Obama who do not know that we're fighting Islamic terrorism, in denial over that. And he says we're just, we're fighting extremists over in Iraq and Syria and we have them contained he said that Friday morning that we had ISIS contained and ISIS has what they've been able to orchestrate attacks like in Egypt with a Russian jetliner shot out of the sky and over 200 people killed in Libya and in Paris and a few other countries just in the last couple weeks so That ISIS is contained is just democratic delusion. And in fact, the whole issue of terrorism and Islam, you know, the media says what? The media says Islam is tolerant. So if Islam is a religion of tolerance, then how many synagogues are there in Mecca? Right. Mecca is a good sized city. Saudi Arabia. It's the it's the heart of Islam worldwide. Mecca. That's that's the equivalent of their Jerusalem or their Rome. So how many synagogues are in Mecca? Now, Mecca is 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 a 500 square mile city of a million people. It's a big city. 500 square miles. So how many synagogues are in Mecca? None. If Islam is a religion of tolerance, then how many churches are in the entire country of Saudi Arabia? None. Islam is the religion of intolerance. Meanwhile, in Rome, in Rome there's the Great Synagogue of Rome, right? Rome is mostly Roman Catholic and Christian, yet the Great Synagogue of Rome is located in the city of Rome and then the Muslims have the mosque of Rome a major mosque in the city of Rome Italy so which religion is tolerant and when the media says that Islam is a religion of tolerance we could just ask the question where Islam is a religion of tolerance where when Barack Obama says Islam is a peaceful religion, right? Islam is a peaceful religion. We could just ask, where? When the media says Islam is a peaceful religion, where? Iran and Saudi Arabia, two countries with Islamic governments. They call for the death penalty for a Muslim who becomes a Christian. Or even if he just renounces Islam and he doesn't even become a Christian. When someone says Islam is a religion of peace, just ask, where? Where? Now, we've just had about 130 Frenchmen and women and foreign nationals. A young woman from California, University of Long Beach, 23-year-old gal, studying fashion in France. She was killed. Britain, other countries in Europe had some of their citizens killed, murdered by the terrorists. But the primary victims of Islamic terrorism are who? Well, as for the many followers of the Koran being slaughtered daily by Islamic terrorists, the world will have to wait until Barack Obama is out of office, before America's might will be used to save those Muslims. We'll have to wait. Because liberals have a way of sacrificing the innocent on the altar to understanding and being tolerant of the wicked. Right? There are men who beat their wives or girlfriends, And liberals want to understand and maybe they'll give that person a restraining order. And then that person, you know, puts puts his girlfriend in the hospital or maybe kills her. And so how many women have been sacrificed on the altar of being nice to criminals, to those who threaten them and assault them? So, Saudi Arabia, you know, that's the the home of the hajj. Where Muslims, at least once in their life, they're supposed to go to Mecca. So, Saudi Arabia should make a statement for the world to hear. That any mosque anywhere in the world that advocates jihad... Will not be welcomed and none of their members will be welcomed to make Hajj in Mecca in Saudi Arabia. If Islam opposes terrorism, then Saudi Arabia, and they do at some level because the terrorists want to kill the Saudis, the royal family that governs Saudi Arabia. The Islamic terrorists want to kill the leaders in Saudi Arabia because they don't support. Their particular brand of Sharia law and all. They, they support a different brand of it. So Saudi Arabia should announce that no one supportive of ISIS or Al-Qaeda or Jihad is welcome in Mecca to make Hajj. And further, while Turkey is a, what, 98% Muslim country? And so apparently Turkey let France know that one of these eight terrorists was, they need to watch out for him, he was a terrorist. Apparently uh, two years ago. But nothing came of that, sadly. And one of the eight, confirmed now, was a Syrian so-called refugee who came into Europe through the Aegean Islands, through an island in Greece, claiming to be a refugee. And Donald Trump has observed and he's pro-abortion, so we, of course, oppose him. But he did observe that disproportionate among these so-called refugees from Syria are, are young males, young men. And so now we have, what, wow, in America. The New York Times published a map of where Syrian refugees already have been uh, settled, and that includes Denver, Colorado. Denver, Colorado. So, of course, of course, every governor, every governing official who has any type of connection with reality and sanity needs to oppose the settling of Syrian so-called refugees in their counties, in their states. And if it happens, they need to take steps to protect themselves protect their loved ones, protect their churches, protect their businesses. Of course, that's only sensible. But terrorism is not just crime, not just murder. It's not your garden variety murder. Terrorism is committed by individuals or a group with the purpose of influencing public policy. That's what makes something a terrorist act. That's what makes someone a terrorist. Somebody who's simply a a garden variety murderer, we have perfectly good words for these people. I mean, criminals, murderers, felons, thugs. And so there are efforts that drug cartels in Mexico will commit murders to try to affect public policy, to stop the government from pursuing them. So that's a drug cartel terrorism. That's a form of terrorism, of course. But Islamic terrorism is what the world is fighting. And when Barack Obama can't understand that, then when there is uh, recruitment efforts on social media trying to bring people to jihad to follow Muhammad to their death, Obama and his administration, they're not able to recognize that for what it is. And thus they will settle... Uh, So called refugees in your backyard. Because, you know, it's not simply incompetence. If it was incompetence, Obama and the liberals would make mistakes in our favor half the time. If it was just incompetence, it was just sheer stupidity. But it's wickedness, it's sinfulness. And stupid doesn't make you sin, but sin makes you stupid. (laughs) And so uh, here at Bob and Live, we will do our best to keep you informed, to have a valid assessment of the battle that we all face. We ask you to pray for God's blessing on this ministry, on Denver Bible Church. And, hey, until tomorrow, may God bless you. This is Bob and